I asked David <clears throat> the uh, size of this room. Uh, he said it sleeps about a hundred. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm great fun to listen to at seven in the morning if you like to yawn. So welcome. Now, before a few remarks, I do want to talk to you for a minute about baseball. Uh, Orlando can be a Major League Baseball city. And we started the effort some months back, and I uh, set up, we set up a website, uh, orlandodreamers.com. Write that down, please. Orlandodreamers.com. And we said to the community, we've got to show Major League Baseball that this community wants to do this. And the only way we know to do it is to say, I'm in. Great idea, count on me. Uh, about 12,000 people have already gone up there in a little over two months. So we're encouraged, but we've got to drive those numbers much higher. And that's where you all come in. Uh, later this morning, just simply go up to orlandodreamers.com and follow the instructions, basically saying, yep, I'm in. Great idea. And we can do it. We're the 18th largest media market in the country now. A little old Orlando. 2,000 people a week are moving to Central Florida. That means in one year, that's uh, 100,000 people moving here. In 10 years, that's another million people that will be here. And they'll be widening I-4 again. <laughs> no, no, no. Everything rises and falls on leadership, gang. It always has, it always will. Uh, you will always uh, be a leader in your company, in your home, in your community, in your church. You'll always be a leader. And our country just thrives on leadership. I mean, the uh, Democrats have, what, eight or seven or number of people, uh, all of them saying, I'll be the best leader. And Donald Trump says, no, I'm the best leader. And sports teams are firing their coaches because they didn't do enough jo good job of leading. I mean, we are in a country that's just crazed with leadership. So what does it take to be an outstanding leader? What are the ingredients? Well, after all my experience in pro sports and a rather thorough study of the best leaders that the world has ever seen, I believe firmly that there's seven qualities, seven ingredients that it takes to be a leader of excellence. I want to share them with you. Two caveats. To be a great leader, all seven must be there. And secondly, uh, you can take these seven leadership qualities and put them into effect when you leave here in 35 minutes. You don't have to wait for a signal from above. You can apply them immediately at your work, at your home, 
in your volunteer activities immediately. So let's get started. The first ingredient that it takes to be a leader of excellence is simply called <clears throat> vision. You see, great leaders are visionaries. They see the future before it gets here. And I like to think Orlando is the vision capital of the world. It started with Walt Disney in November 1963. Walt had an idea of setting up a theme park, another park in the eastern part of the country. People thought he was nuts. But he came and he envisioned out there on that property, which was nothing but fields and swamps and lakes. I mean, there was nothing there. And he envisioned everything that you see out there today. And soon thereafter, Arnold Palmer came to town and he had a vision of turning <coughs> Orlando <coughs> into the, <coughs> excuse me, into the golf capital of the world, which happened. And then a man came to a little uh, college that wasn't really more than a dot. And Dr. John Hitt's vision was to turn the University of Central Florida into this mammoth school, which is now the second largest university in the country. And a man named Jimmy Hewitt brought me here years ago. He had a vision of having an NBA basketball team here in little old Orlando back in 1986. We were just a small southern town and, and Jimmy had this vision and he sold me on it. And then we sold the NBA on it and we became a major league sports town. And now we have a vision of turning Orlando into a major league baseball town. You see, leadership always begins with vision. Now I'll tell you <clears throat> who was the greatest visionary leader of all time. His name was Jesus the greatest leader the world has ever seen. And, <coughs> excuse me, and Jesus had a vision. He talked to his disciples about it. You can read about it in the opening verses of John chapter 14. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place so that where I am, you may be also. The disciples were confused. They didn't understand that. But what a vision that was, a vision that to this day uh, carries us through with great hope, vision in leadership. And leaders, when you have a vision, it'll do three things for you. Number one, It'll keep you focused. You won't be wandering. That vision is so compelling, it'll keep you absolutely locked in. It'll keep you focused. Secondly, it'll keep you fueled. That means you'll have passion and energy and enthusiasm for what you're doing. And leaders, if you're not passionate, if you're not excited, if you're not pumped up, guess what? Nobody else will be either. 
It's the most contagious of all human qualities. And thirdly, when you have a vision, it'll help you finish. Leadership is not easy. There are lots of obstacles, lots of difficulties along the way. But when that vision is so compelling, it keeps you driving, keeps you pushing forward through all the tough stuff. Because at the end of the day, leadership is always about results. That's how we're measured, certainly in the sports world and the military world and the political world. We're always measured by W's or L's. And we want lots of W's uh, to be a leader of excellence. Now, there's a second component here to be a leader of excellence, and it's called communication. It's one thing to have a vision, leaders, but if we can't communicate it effectively, let me tell you what's going to happen to that vision. Nothing. Nada. Nicked. Not one thing. So what are the keys to communicating well? Well, here's the first thought I want to share with you. In any organization, you've got to believe it's important to communicate with each other. Many organizations don't do that. Everybody's slammed in their own office and nobody's talking to anybody. Uh, Sam Walton had something to say about that. He said, communicate as much as you can with your associates. That's what he called his employees. He said, the more you communicate with them, the more they understand. He said, the more they understand, the more they care. And once they care, he said, there's no stopping them. And then Sam Walton went on to say, it's amazing what people can accomplish if they feel good about themselves. And here's a second thought about communication. Communicate in a way that people understand. And the best way to get a handle on that are the four C's. Be clear. Be concise. <clears throat> be correct. <clears throat> and be consistent. Be clear. Be concise. Be correct. Be consistent. That'll work. That'll work in most any business. It'll work in any marriage relationship. Work wonders with parents and children. Be clear, be concise, be correct, be consistent. And above all, in this area of communication, it's awfully important to really work at communicating publicly. Uh, the best leaders are the ones who talk the best. Uh, eventually, out there in Iowa, in South Carolina, uh, the Dems are going to come out with a winner. Uh, and undoubtedly, it'll be the man or woman uh, who's most effective in talking. Leadership generally gravitates to the man or woman who can talk. So take seriously uh, that whole issue of being a good communicator in public. Has there ever been a better communicator in public than Jesus? Oh. Matthew chapter 5, chapter 6, chapter 7, 
really about the first time Jesus ever spoke in public. Must have been something. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that in some cave out there in Israel, uh, there's a cassette tape. <laughs> or an eight track, yeah. Uh, back then it would have been a cassette. <laughs> in some little nook of the cave. And it's gonna come out one day and we'll get to hear him. Boy, it must have been something. Oh boy. And uh, in the meantime, uh, just plug into Matthew 5 and pretend you were there. And remember one thing, the best communicators are magnificent storytellers. They love to tell stories because we are hardwired to retain stories, not PowerPoints. <clears throat> Thank goodness. So save your stories. Uh, now the best communicators have done that. Jesus was a storyteller. They were called parables. And Mr. Lincoln had his yarns. And John F. Kennedy had his quips. And uh, the great communicator, Ronald Reagan, had probably a little bit of all of it. Save your stories uh, because people can't get enough of them. So great leaders are visionaries. Secondly, they uh, know how to communicate that vision. Here's the third thing I can tell you about great leaders. They have people skills. They have people skills. You know what that means? They care about people. They're interested in other people. They have a heart for people. They have empathy for people. I guess what I'm trying to say is uh, they love people. Years ago, when Henry Ford was getting his assembly line really rolling and automobiles were pouring out through that assembly line, he complained one day. He said, why is it around here I get the entire person <clears throat> when all I really want are their hands, he said. And then Richard Nixon, years later in the White House, said, actually, this job of president would be pretty good if you didn't have to deal with people. <laughs> well, in every field that I'm aware of, we have to deal with people. So what are a people skill or two that uh, are important. Well, the first one that comes to my mind, be visible and available. There's a tendency in leadership, the more we move up the ladder, the more isolated we become. We get up in that ivory tower and nobody can get at us. And that's not a good thing. Tom Peters, the business guru, years ago called it managing by walking around. And long before Tom Peters came along, Jesus was practicing that. He did everything on foot, and uh, he was always out there among the people, visible and available. Sometimes a little too visible and available, and everybody could get at him. And it could be a problem sometimes. You see, Jesus had a a thousand days of public ministry. That was it. 
and his Franklin planner <laughs> had to be packed. I mean, every minute of every day had to be absolutely in place. And his handlers, you know, were very tough about that. But inevitably, Jesus would uh, get the schedule mixed up because there were always people coming at him. And they needed this, they needed that. Uh, they needed healing, they needed a good word of encouragement. They needed, I mean, endlessly, and uh, the schedule just got botched up probably every day because Jesus believed in uh, managing by walking around and being visible and available. Here's a second people skill. It's simply called listening. <clears throat> listening leaders. They're kind of rare. We've got a lot of talking leaders, not too many listening leaders. But when a listening leader comes along, that man or woman will never be forgotten. I think it's the highest compliment you can pay anybody by listening to them without interruption and really uh, focus on the people. <coughs> be a good listener. Uh, Jesus was. He listened very carefully. You can tell. And you know what Jesus then did? He was really good at asking questions to draw people out. He wanted to know more. And so he listened, and then he would begin to ask a series of questions. <coughs> That's a good approach. Because when you ask questions, people love to open up. They love to talk about themselves. And most organizations, nobody ever draws people out. And they want the organization to do well. They want to contribute. They don't know how to do it until somebody in leadership begins to draw them out. People skills. So now we've got three pieces in place here to be a leader of excellence. Vision, communication, people skills. And here's the fourth one. And we've already had a little uh, information about that here this morning. Thanks to Dr. Bain. Uh, character counts in leadership. Character still counts in leadership. Or does it? Oh my, we've been in a debate in this country for quite a while now about this whole issue of character and leadership. One argument says, if the polls are good, if the economy is good, uh, the character stuff is not all that important. The other argument says you can't lead without character. <clears throat> well, I'm convinced that we can only go as high on the leadership ladder as our character will allow us. So what are the character qualities of character leaders? Well, the first thing that comes to my mind is they're honest. They tell the truth in every situation. You can take their word to the bank. You don't need a battery of lawyers. They're honest. They, uh, they, they, they lay it right out there on the line. Here's the second character quality that comes to mind. It's called integrity. 
comes from the root word integer, which means one, which would lead to a word like integrated. An integrated society is one society. So a leader of integrity has a consistency to their life. Their walk and talk match. They're not talking one way and walking completely in the opposite direction. Third thought on character. It's simply called responsibility. Character leaders are not finger pointers. They don't blame others. Their attitude is, this was done well, and I did it. This was done poorly, and I did it. And as a result, people respect them because they take responsibility. And then the fourth character quality I just want to share with you is called humility. A humble spirit. Now think about Jesus for a minute. He came to this earth and he was God. Just focus on that for a minute. He was 100% man, he was 100% God, and down he comes to planet Earth, directly from heaven. And I want you to know, he could have been the most obnoxious, overwhelming, difficult, impossible person ever. He could have. Uh, how would we be if we were God and we came down to earth? Boy, oh boy. We could have really been awful. But uh, I don't sense that. I mean, as I read the scriptures, I see a, a God-man who just had a, a, a wonderful, humble spirit about him. And it's such an attractive quality. When you run into people of, of note who've done something with their life, and you see and you find they're just a sweet, humble spirit, oh boy, that does something for me. Really warms me up on the inside. So we've hit on four keys to being a leader of excellence. It starts with vision, and then communicating your vision people's skills, character counts. Now here's the fifth component of a leader of excellence. It's called competence, competence. And that simply means that leaders are good at what they do. And that begs the question, how did they get good? Were they born that way or were they developed? Boy, I get asked that question a lot. Are leaders born or are they made? Well, my answer is always the same. Both. Every leader that I've ever been aware of at some point in time <clears throat> was born. <laughs> Every one of them without exception. And at some point, every leader was developed. So here's what it looks like. Birth, development, but somewhere in between birth and development. 
something happened to every leader. They were faced with a decision. Something came to them that required leadership. And it seemed that, well, looks like this is for me. And so many leaders say, no, I'm too busy. Get somebody else. I'll, uh, I'll uh, assist, but I'm writing a book right now called The Reluctant Leader, and there's so many of them. I mean, who was a more reluctant leader than Moses? I mean, he's there arguing with God. I'm not good enough. I can't speak well. Get my brother. I mean, I don't want any part. I think we're all faced with that. But at some point, every leader who's ever existed, how to make a decision uh, that I'm going to step up, I'm nervous, I'm scared, but okay, I'm going to do it. And once they do it, once they're committed, now the development process begins. Because once the leadership bug bites, people are into it. Mm. How exciting was that? to see this project that they asked me to lead really come through. That was awesome. I loved it. What's next? And you're never satisfied again until you're leading something. And so leadership comes when opportunity hits you over the head. And when that happens, uh, we're suddenly faced with becoming competent in some key areas. One, competent in solving problems. You understand, as Colin Powell put it, leadership is solving problems. And when soldiers stop bringing you their problems, he said, you're through as a leader. Anybody can lead in the good times. But when the problems descend, then we really find out who the good leaders are. Second thought on competency. It's the competency of spotting talent. Great leaders in the sports business are the best talent discoverers. But that's true in every, every field. Uh, great leaders are always looking out for talent. And then they know how to take that talent, bring it, bring it aboard, and form it into a cohesive team an effective team. It's quite a, quite a skill. And then here's a third talent I want to share with you. It's the talent of teaching. The best leaders are the best teachers. They teach within their organization. They teach outside the organization. They love to teach. I've studied football coaches in particular, many NBA coaches, and most of them started out as teachers in the classroom and teaching even at the junior high level. And they developed their teaching skills there. They love to teach. But I need to say this to you, you can't be a lifelong teacher until you become a lifelong learner. You can't do it. 
no matter our age, because the world is changing so fast, so fast. And if we're not on the cutting edge of learning, well, we're going to be flushed out of the parade of life pretty quickly. So uh, how do we become a lifelong learner? Three quick thoughts. Number one, continue your formal education, no matter what your age. Never finished college? You can do that now. You don't have to go sit on the campus. Want your master's degree? Get it done. You can do it. How about a doctorate? A PhD? Whew, how cool would that be? To be Dr. Moran. <laughs> Dr. Hill. Yes. Dr. Bain. Um, you can do it. Years ago, you know Shaquille O'Neal got a PhD? He got his doctorate, an earned doctorate at Barry University, one of the goodest colleges in America. <laughs> Down in Miami, there he was, Dr. O'Neill. Second way to be a lifelong learner, hang with really smart people, the smartest people you can find. You can call them mentors if you want. You can call them life coaches. You can call them sages. I like that word, to be a sage. But you need them. You don't need 20 of them, but you need maybe three or four that, uh, that build into your life. And the third way to be a lifelong learner is to be a lifelong reader of books real books that you hold in your hand and you've got a pen in the other hand to mark passages that you want to save. Books. It exercises your mind and, and makes a huge difference in your life. The best leaders, I'm convinced, are the best readers of good books. So here's the deal, gang, as we come to the end here. I have here my two most recent books, Character Carved in Stone, and one that just came out called Lead Like Walt. We look at Walt Disney through the narrow focus of leadership. Just came out. And if you will come over to the table and purchase those two books, I'm going to give you a present, a free book, my favorite book of all time. The joke book, oh, 6,500 one-liners <laughs> that'll turn you into the next Jay Leno <laughs> or Johnny Carson. Oh boy, you're on your way. And that's my gift to you if you take care of the other two books. Got the drift? So I'm gonna stay, we're gonna sign, we'll have a little party uh, at the end. Now, here is the sixth ingredient. If you want to be a leader of excellence, <clears throat> it is called boldness. Boldness. Not baldness, sir. It's <laughs> called boldness. <clears throat> and that means leaders have to make decisions, sometimes very tough decisions. And it takes boldness to do that. It takes courage. 
I can still hear George W. in the White House years ago. I'm the decider. I decide what to do. I decide what's right. And of course, they would rip his head off. But the point is, every organization needs a decider. Because if you don't have a bold decider, nothing happens in that organization. You just spin around. You never get anywhere. Bold decisions. Boy, Jesus, sometimes, I mean, he was bold. I, I read in the New Testament, and sometimes, you know, when he goes after those Pharisees and the Sadducees, he didn't like them. He really didn't. And, and then he goes in, he gets upset in the temple, turns over all the tables. Money is rolling all over the place. And uh, he, he lets all the animals loose. I can't wait to see a replay on that. Birds flying every which way, donkeys running, sheep all over the place. What a mess. And, and he just whipped them all into shit and then left. Pretty bold, huh? And then there's one final thought I want to share with you. To be a leader of excellence, it is called a serving heart. To be a seven-sided leader, you've got to have a serving heart. Like Jesus, who, who made it very clear he did not come into this world as God to be served, but to serve others. My goodness, what an example. And we've got some wonderful examples, Wilberforce and Gandhi and Mother Teresa and Billy Graham and Coach Wooden and Abraham Lincoln and Eleanor Roosevelt. I mean, there's some wonderful examples of serving-hearted leaders. And here's their mindset. It's not about me. <clears throat> it's always about you. It's not about advancing my career goals, it's about advancing yours. It's not about building my resume, it's about helping you complete yours. It's not about my personal success, it's about the success of this organization and everybody in it. That's how they think. So guys, here, here's where we are. Seven things one must do to be a leader right and true, have vision that is strong and clear, communicate so they can hear, have people skills based in love, and character that's far above, the competence to solve and teach, and boldness that has fearless reach, a serving heart that stands close by to help, assist, and edify. Lead on, my friends. Amen. Lead on.